0: the grunt can be in the positive or negative yes yes the grunt the grunt in the positive is like hmm mm. but the grunt in the negative is like hmm mm. see what you see what that's that right difference? i see do it yeah. again do it again yeah in the positive it's like
1: hmm but in the negative it's like hmm, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. My name is David Harris, and joining me as always is Daniel Morris, John Seth Sammons, Skylar Teal, and Mike Tatum. Before we get into our coffee segment, I think John Seth and I just want to retract our statement from you know when Mike mentioned getting a steak at Cracker Barrel, and we were all extremely skeptical. That day, John Seth and I went to Cracker Barrel, and he got a steak. And I was genuinely impressed it was with the steak. It
2: was really good.
3: I also went to Cracker Barrel that day. I did not order a steak because that's dumb, guys. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs>
2: We'll get there. Question five in the banner. Round.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, anyway, yes, Mike, you were correct. Yeah. Okay. We were wrong to right. be skeptical. It was, that's, it was that's, really that's, no,
4: actually, I think you were right to be skeptical. I am glad, though, that you followed through and, and actually tried it. So, yeah,
1: I was impressed. Uh, again,
4: I don't know if that will ever be my go to at Cracker Barrel, but it was a nice option and it was a good surprise. And maybe it was, hopefully, it wasn't just like the
0: 80s. breathing. <laughs> Oh man, I'm sorry. sorry Mike, I missed everything oh.
3: that you just said. <laughs> sorry.
0: I was adjusting my earphones and I yawned and didn't know that, that was in the microphone. I'm sorry, Mike. Because my speech
4: about Cracker Barrel steak was that boring. Yeah.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now you know how that works. Well said. Eat.
0: We recently went to Louisville, Kentucky, uh to go to the Together for the Gospel conference. And we'll talk maybe a tiny bit about that later. Uh but there's a coffee shop there called Cinergos Coffee. Um and I picked up a bag there. It is a Costa Rica la Pastoria. I hope I said that right. I made uh I used a pour over method. Um and so yeah, we will uh we'll give it a try, see what we think.
2: All right. I just heard somebody's Adam's apple.
0: <laughs> this is really good. It is good. this was this one of the the uh, brewed coffees that they had? No, that it was they not. Or, so. It okay. was not. I intentionally got a different one okay. just so that right, it would be different. It's really good. It is.
2: I like this a lot, dude. Yeah. Have I you include, used this for espresso yet or no? Are no, you I haven't. Too? No,
0: just because the bags are like a lot less coffee beans than a normal bag. Did you get so.
2: Quills the blacksmith? Yeah, I man. Have you used it? Oh yeah, it's delicious. You have any left?
0: Oh yeah, I've got plenty left you can come over at some yes. point Trey. Yes. for the first time on our little guide that i printed out i put a ton like way too much information about it <laughs> good they describe this as having an aroma of cherry malt and molasses and honestly it does it kind of does have that aroma like uh, i would yeah. agree with that i'm that,
2: not i'm not too sure what malt smells like yeah but, but i definitely get cherry and there's like a I mean, I guess it's molasses, but there is like a smell that is like...
0: Hmm. To me, I, I do taste... They, in their flavor notes, they put cherry and apple, and I definitely taste a yeah, lot of that. I get the apple.
2: Us. Pretty strong.
1: Would you agree, Skylar?
2: No.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he gave you a chance.
0: What is a, what is a finish? When it says like the finish is like cherry, I don't after, know what they right. like, I, I think it's after,
2: after, after, like taste. on the exhale.
0: Mm. I would, which, I would think that that's, which what
2: is that where would. I get cherry the most. So this is yep. pretty spot on.
0: It's weird. I don't even like cherries, but typically when things have like a cherry flavor that aren't cherries, I kind of like it. I don't understand that. But.
2: Did you get your French vanilla?
0: Skylar's uh-huh. being very skeptical over there. Yeah.
2: They're not skeptical. He's being judgy. I feel it. <laughs> he wasn't
0: even this judgy when we did the French press last night which is surprising. I just don't get oh,
2: any wait. of these things on this paper. Only God can judge you, me, dude.
0: Didn't you forget your mug when we did the French press? Is that the... I forgot my mug <laughs> um, on one of
5: them. You know what you have to... But do? it was the one that we had to fill it up downstairs. Oh, okay. That's right. You can't
4: just drink it. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to take a drink, but leave it. Let it go under your tongue. In the back under your tongue and you can taste it. You'll taste it there. You can't just drink it though and think that flowing over and through is going to do anything. You've got to, you've got to let it. I know that you're going to troll me, but you you have to be the coffee. No, I'm just saying if you let it sit in your mouth and let it go underneath your tongue for a minute and get it underneath there, then you'll, then it'll some of that. You might yeah, not get right. those words, but you'll get the flavor yeah, definitely of Definitely get like the, the fruity
3: flavor. Yes. Like I couldn't pick out apple or cherry from this. With, right. If, and if it weren't written down for me. Right. It's got a fruity flavor.
2: Yeah. No, you're definitely right. Mm. And it's not coffee a, it's
4: drinking not, it's strategy, huh? That's interesting. Right. Coffee tasting strategy. Coffee mm-hmm. drinking is just getting as much as you can and <laughs> as quickly as can. Yeah. <laughs> but, but mm-hmm. tasting, yes, I think, I think that it has to, you have drinking to let it sit there taste. for a second.
2: Kind of do like a like a mouthwash bit with it. No, not that.
4: <laughs> All right. It's going up. Anyways,
0: way. I f- I tried, Skyler. I tried to culture you a little. I know he's just like. Next time, maybe. I don't know. You going to give it a try? Your new technique? You should try yeah, the, yeah. You should <laughs> try the new okay. technique.
5: Is there more? I got you. Oh, you're out. Okay, never mind. I got you. There's no more left. Oh. I don't know Next that I time. want to put that at the bottom of my tongue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> from this side well, whatever bro. I'll to look out for you John Sof
0: just tried to pour yeah he just tried to pour his, his coffee into
2: Skyler's mug the coffee's already drinking I appreciate from. it man no whatever <laughs> blessing blocker
1: <laughs> blessing blocker <laughs> that's so awesome oh man
2: if you're
0: ever in Louisville definitely hit up Sinner Goss- there's a, Tons of good coffee in Louisville, honestly, but that's one of the the good shops. So.
2: This is one that I would like order online. Yeah, Now, you know my friend works at Quills, so he gives me coffee from Quills.
0: Right, but
3: if you were to order from yeah, Seneca, but he's yeah. still gonna come drink your coffee from Quills.
2: Yes, because I don't have it right now. Yeah, yeah, and um, I got the scoop, y'all. You need some Quills espresso? Let me know.
0: <laughs> I'll need more when I'm out. So deal. Uh, we'll move on to our banter topic for the day. It's another lightning round. Um, we've got about five questions. first one is...
2: Banter, banter, banter. Shh, 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 shh. That's the intro to the banter topic.
0: You mean to the lightning round. Really. Yes. Okay. The first question is, what are some of your craziest or most memorable hear-me-out moments that actually worked out? And again, these are form-submitted questions mm. So don't crucify me if they are terrible <laughs> You're just questions. the messenger? You're just yeah. the messenger.
2: <laughs> I have a lot of hear-me-out moments, but none of them have been successful. But And I can only think of a couple that I was like, like Royals. I was like, you know, hear me out. Like Royals, y'all, is was really good. We went there. It was really good. But also, no, hear me out. <clears throat> this is a hear-me-out moment right now. Hear me out. Doritos and mayonnaise sandwich. No, uh,
0: absolutely I'm gonna- not.
2: It I'm is gonna, so that's good. That's gonna be a hard pass. It is so good. No, uh, I know you said it's a
0: hear me out moment right now, but I can tell you how it works out. It doesn't.
2: This is <laughs> it sex. does. There you go. So it you does.
0: you answer the question correctly. It is so good. <laughs> that's terrible. I don't
2: know about that. You ever tried it?
0: No. Okay then. I will never try it. <laughs> okay then.
4: That sounds terrible. My grandmother like mustard and onion sandwiches. Yuck. I've never tried
1: that, but I can yeah. tell you
5: it's probably pretty gross. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike yeah. had the hear-me-out yeah. moment at Cracker Barrel for the steak. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That kind of worked out for some of you. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Some
2: yeah. of you. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're still right, Dan. I don't believe it. No, that's, yeah. that's a, that definitely that worked. worked. That's right. Let's yeah. see. hear-me-out
4: moment it usually involves me in some kind of ladder. Um, for instance, there was some time that we were doing something in the in the worship space, and I thought it was a great idea. To just instead of moving the pews so that we could get the ladders up against the, the higher walls, just put plywood over the pews and then put an extension ladder on the plywood. Amen. Um, and for some reason, I got all kinds of vetoes for that. <laughs> I, I thought that was a great idea.
2: Hear so, me out moments typically lead to hold my beer moments. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <right>. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Didn't you, That's didn't you like get some bug spray? With, without telling anyone and get on a ladder in the back of a truck or something like that?
4: Well, no, I, I did put a 16 foot wood ladder in the bed of my truck so I could reach the lights in the, uh, the drive through area so I could change the light bulbs. Um, I did have an extension ladder that went up about 30 feet, um, in the front of the church because they had some wasp nests up at the very top of the, the thing. And so I did climb up a 30 foot ladder with some wasps spray. Uh, hoping that I would hit them all enough to stun them enough to give me time to get down. Uh, <laughs> did you have a spotter? For- I mm-hmm. did not, but actually, uh, you know, one of our church members was driving by and saw me. And so they stopped not to help, but to get the video camera out and then, uh, because they were waiting for that moment. When
3: I got stung by a bee and fell 30 feet,
4: uh, the they, wanted, they
1: wanted to no. capture that
3: on yeah. camera. So important note to our church members always stop and get mm-hmm. your camera out if you mm-hmm. see something like that happening.
4: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, my wife has learned in my hear-me-out moments to just keep 911 <laughs> dialed and ready to hit the, the call <laughs> button. So uh, I may be on a first-name basis with the clinics in South Carolina. <laughs> so <'cause, laughs> you know I have a lot of those moments.
1: <laughs> mm.
4: John Seth has a lot of hear-me-out moments, but I'm not sure if they're really hear-me-out moments. He just says hear-me-out a lot.
3: Yeah, he does. So follow-up. I'm
4: thinking it's because he's so used to people not hearing him out <laughs> oh, that he has to.
3: Welcome to my life. <laughs> he
4: has to qualify anything that he says yes. with just hear me out. Yes. Because, because he's so afraid we're going to dismiss him in the first, like, you know, three words. Because that usually is, is that, happens. Okay, okay, just just check it.
2: Right, hear me out. Let me get your attention. I know I'm talking right, right. now and you want to excuse me, <laughs> but right. hear
3: me out. Hear you out.
2: Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hmm. That's funny. I'm pumped for question two.
0: Question two. If you went to Hogwarts, where would the sorting hat put you? Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, or Slytherin?
2: I have ideas for all of you. (laughs) Yeah, you're going
1: to need to
4: help me out because I have no idea. I've I've seen the series once. Can
5: you give brief?
0: I can give a a brief description. Gryffindors are typically leadership qualities, more... Usually a little bit more like courageous. Hufflepuff are more like just very loyal and hardworking. Ravenclaw are the academics, and Slytherin are the people that are extremely clever, but they're kind of like on the sneaky, yeah, mischievous kind of side. Yeah, Yeah. very ambitious. Mm -hmm. So, John said, "What would you guess?" All right, hear me out.
2: There it is. Well, I'm a Gryffindor, hands down.
0: And what is that again? Uh, The more like we need. We should have put this on the whiteboard.
4: We (laughs) should (laughs) have.
0: So right. It's, it's more of like the confident, leadership, Courageous, leadership kind
2: brave, of. amazing, <laughs> strong, beautiful. Yeah, hear the rest of your list so we correct No, so I've taken the official Pottermore quiz on Pottermore.com. And I've one, got... One, is, is there like is nerd music that we can play <laughs> underneath I have this got whole conversation? conversation. Okay. I've got... Gryffindor every single time. I've taken it multiple times over multiple years. Now, let me
3: just Gryffindor for a second here. What did you want it to tell you <laughs> while you were taking the test? Well, that's obvious. Are you saying it can be manipulated, Daniel? I'm suggesting Well, the, well listen. <laughs> the questions yeah. These he took are like, it four times so one and of changes the questions, answers every time until What are the questions? Right, surprisingly, is you're right. Yes. The
2: sun or the moon? Like that's like one of the questions, like sun or moon, which do you like better? The sun or do you like nighttime? Like, you can't be like, I wonder which one the Gryffindor would be. <laughs> oh, they would definitely love the sun. No, you can't do it on, on that quiz. You know? So Gryffindor. See, now,
4: I, I couldn't take that quiz because it's too binary for me. I would Mike, need, a, I need a Mount Rushmore. Mike
2: <laughs> is a Slytherin all the way. Mike is a Slytherin <laughs> all the sure way. I'm not sure I like that. David, you are a Hufflepuff, my man. All right. Skylar is a Gryffindor. And Daniel, I think, is a Ravenclaw.
0: All right, let me say, I have taken multiple quizzes from multiple, not (laughs) wanting any result because I thought I was a Ravenclaw, actually. And I've never, I've taken it probably 15 times. Never gotten anything but Gryffindor, which surprises me. What? But that's all that I get every single time. So,
2: Good for you, though, dude. Welcome to the club, my man. Yes. It's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) That's who I think you guys are.
0: See, this is where we need Tanya in here because I feel like she would have a lot of thoughts. This question was from Tanya, somebody texts Tanya,
4: and so I'm just like a snake.
5: <laughs> no, it's uh, like you're clever. You do like snakes. I well, uh, I don't
4: Facebook snakes. Dislike
3: them.
5: Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're like
2: you're clever. You're you welcome.
3: Her. See, I I would pick Mike as Ravenclaw, intelligence, knowledge, planning, head, wit.
0: That's what I was thinking for Mike is a Ravenclaw. That's what Emily is. My sister is a Slytherin, and she's one of the nicest people ever. Britney's so a Slytherin. You don't have to be like up to no good all the time to be but a Slytherin. But if, if you that's know
2: Britney's not... troll side, you know that she's a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amen.
4: I want to be a Hufflepuff, because that's kind of fun to say. True. True. Hufflepuff.
0: Hufflepuff? Or, that's like are any of house. us Hufflepuffs? Like are, yeah, it is. People, you know who was them. a Hufflepuff?
3: Yeah, somebody is. Who? Cedric Diggory.
0: Yes. That's my boy. <laughs> the scene where he dies, like
1: every, wow, that's every time. My that's boy! terrible! <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> Why are we making fun of that? It's so sad. <laughs> it's so I, sad. I'm trying to figure out, like, yeah. <laughs> Daniel's,
0: like, not okay with everything. <laughs> so,
3: Daniel, who do you it's think disturbing. everybody is? Oh, well, uh.
4: Who are you? Who do you think you are? Probably Ravenclaw. Oh, okay. Okay.
2: You're right on that one. Yeah. yeah.
0: That one. Point um, hey, two.
2: Two. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> i don't know i could see daniel being a ravenclaw you seem like an does I this think. have does this interest you at all this whole well
5: i i rem- remember the scene i've only watched it once i have to like recall what each of them mean like i have an idea of what each of them are um uh, gryffindor is the one that harry goes or yeah. yeah goes to right yeah Good for you, man.
0: wait what'd you put skyline
4: it- Gryffindor
1: yeah, me too. And uh, Slytherin
4: I, I, is the one. that Snape. is
1: the
5: antagonist in the whole hey, in the whole movie, but the whole series. the leader of that the house that house
0: though. He's an awesome real deal. character. Yeah, he's also awesome. he's a real
2: deal. Harry's Great.
4: son is a Slytherin. Wasn't that? Yeah, that's true. Wasn't that the guy that played in Die Hard?
5: Yes, yes, it is. Oh yeah, so, you yeah, you are yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. Rickman. Yeah, rest in peace. Because when I saw Die Hard, I was like, oh, that guy looks familiar.
2: Man, yep. Alan Rickman
1: Snape is you such see, a character well, in the show. Harry or, Potter, yeah, I, I know. Like, I, peck- I <laughs> Yes, <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Alan
3: Rickman's amazing. Snape oh is a despicable character in the series. But, but right. yeah, he's just that's what I feel
4: like you all are yeah. calling me.
1: Like I'm just you I'm a despicable. It? That's person. why I'm not. I'm Don't no, take it. Did that you way. watch <laughs>
5: it all? What the whole series? Die Hard?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, by like Harry Potter. Oh,
3: Yes. Yeah, I did. Snape is low key the
2: goat. That's yeah. the thing. Yep. No. He's the half-blood prince. He was in, so smart. He was. He was so smart. Now, the weird thing was he was in love with Harry's mom the whole time. Kind of weird. But mm-hmm. Snape, he played his, He was a double agent to his double agent. Yeah. Yeah. Let that sink in. Snape is the goat.
0: <laughs> I, I kind of I'll agree tell with you, that. We yeah. don't
3: have time for that here, but I'll tell you all the reasons you're
1: wrong later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, deal. The results are coming in from Tanya. All right. She's typing the last one, but I'll go ahead and start. She thinks John Seth is a Gryffindor. She thinks David is a Hufflepuff, which everyone does. But remember, Neville Longbottom, the total screw-up, was a Gryffindor. Well, okay.
2: But you can make a claim that he's the chosen one in the series, not Harry.
0: We should discuss this later. We should. Mike, she says, is a Ravenclaw? Maybe Gryffindor. Daniel's a Ravenclaw. (laughs) Skylar Hufflepuff. See, we're both Hufflepuff. I guess that's just music guys. Well, she's
2: she's thinking like artsy. Is Hufflepuff because they kind of are in the in the show.
0: Yeah, They're...
2: It's a movie, man. She did yeah, yeah, it's a movie.
0: Wait, is that everyone? Oh, yeah, that's everyone. She says there are two of you I could put in <laughs> oh, Slytherin, you. but I'm not saying who. <laughs> See, oh, because because know. there's negative
4: connotations
0: with that. <laughs> that's awesome. You could just text her
3: back and say we know who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will. We know who, and we're hurt by it. Yeah,
1: that's right, Time. <laughs>
4: that's awesome
0: yeah well before we get into our doctrine series i just want to ask you guys if you had any takeaways from the t4g conference that we went to i thought it was overall just an incredible conference
2: what were your takeaways david
0: um man there's a lot i could say but i, I just think was it Ligan that um preached last at the conference mm-hmm. his his sermon was just extremely encouraging to me i mean it was basically just like because the, the conference is made up of mostly pastors, it was like he was speaking in encouragement directly to pastors for like 45 minutes straight. And it yeah. was just incredible. Yeah. And it was just an incredible, incredibly well-thought-out sermon because he laid out all the evidence from Scripture first. And then he spent the last little bit of it just like pushing and pushing and pushing his point of, you know, this is yeah. why you can keep going. You know, this is why you can't press on and have hope and all that stuff. So, yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah, Ligan's always great. His his sermons are always great to me. I always think he's like a, a preaching cross-reference. I mean, just yeah. the way that he relates Old Testament to New Testament and and brings it all together. And then immediately after that singing, he will hold me fast about the promises of God never failing. And some of those promises that he continually, or at the very end, just brought forward. Um, of some of the things that Jesus has said um it was so it was so good, so encouraging to me. Mm. The singing is always great. I mean, I always appreciate that with a bunch of people singing in the same room
2: it was, was yeah, it was a a little taste of what I think heaven is gonna be like mm. the singing because just hearing like some songs drowned out Matt Merker's voice and piano, yeah. And like past ones that I've listened to, like they, it's like, it's not meant for, like, a, it was purposeful that they didn't have a full band and everything. Like, they wanted to hear the voices. Right. And to know, like, there are, you know, 10,000 plus pastors in this room right now who understand the struggle of ministry. And they're standing next to brothers who also understand. And they're all singing, He will hold me fast. Dude, there is nothing like it. Yeah, there's just nothing like it. And like any video that's taken, doesn't like fully grasp like the reality of what went down when singing like that. Like it was just incredible. The Mm -hmm. the singing was great.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. There was a, a movement a while back that, and, and I, I don't know where, where this came from and how long it lasted. It may still be around where, you know, they, they were talking about, you know, attracting men to church and, and getting men involved in church and why men were rejecting the church. And, and some of the, some of the things out there, um, wanted to blame like the music that was being done or the, the, the just music yeah. in general that, that, guys aren't in tune to that, that guys aren't compelled to that. And, and, but you go to, you go to something like that. And, and you see, if, if we, if the, if we embrace, um, the truth of the gospel, it compels you, uh, to sing. It compels you to lift your voice in praise. The, I mean, it just, you can't help but to praise God for what he has done when you are, when that gospel is put so plainly in front of you. Um, and so if we give people something compelling to sing about, then people will sing. And so it's not like the whole, you know, that, that, that movement that says, well, you know, you got to get rid of this and you got to get rid of that and you got to get rid of that because that just isn't culturally relevant and it's not very masculine and it's not this and it's not that that's a bunch of garbage because if you give, if you give men something worth singing about, they will sing. Yeah. Yeah. And then
5: you see that in the, in the good theology, naturally leads to doxology that's yep. correct amen right you see that in paul you see it in paul's right it's exactly mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah exactly right. well
2: the the closest that i've heard to that is actually when we went to scotland and we yeah. heard you know th- these churches singing it was it, it was very close to that and yeah. and i think that the reality of their salvation was more in their face mm-hmm. than i think it is here in the west and in america um and so, it, it's it was incredible. Uh, the singing was was amazing. Shy Lin's sermon just ministered to me in a way that I was not expecting. Uh, his his whole thing was just remembering Jesus, and he has like a three minute towards the end of his sermon that the I, I've listened to it multiple times since being back, and I'm just so uh, encouraged by his sermon. Um, another one was was honestly. Christian Lawanda was another one of the guys from South Africa, or in uh, Kenya, and he is now pastoring in Dubai? Yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And he and his sermon was, was really good, but it was the joy that he had preaching yeah. that was so infectious and was like, I want that joy. Yeah. I want the joy that he has when he preaches. Like, it is as if he's never going to get to preach again. Um, and so the Lord just really used that to wreck me. Yeah. I, I learned a lot about preaching, to be honest. And, like, these guys are, like, the greats of our day. Uh, and they would hate that that people would say that about them. But, like, the way that, that like, and they were so different. You got Alistair Begg. Then you've got Shy Lynn. And then you've got Sinclair Ferguson. And, like, each of their preaching, like, I was you know, blown away, but just taking notes on like, for instance, Sinclair Ferguson, I don't think he ever raised his voice one He bit, just talked. But it is, there was just something calming about his preaching that hit me in a different way. And it was just like, man, like it was so gentle. And man, so I, I was taking, you know, taking notes on that. Alistair Begg is one of the wittiest, like, I would even say, like, culturally in tune,
1: mm.
2: but strong and not abrasive in a bad way, but bumps up against cultural norms yeah. with the gospel. Like, and just all in his preaching, like, it just, there was so many. Shylin Lin was, is so poetic. I mean, he's he's a, a rapper. Like, right. of course he is going to be that way. But it was so poetic, and so just, like, his, his passion comes out through, his voice, like, he he does get louder. Right. Um, with Christian Lawanda, like, the joy that he had in his preaching. Like, dude, all these guys. The way that Ligon, like you guys have talked about, incorporates old and new and just, man, it was so encouraging to hear preaching like this. Yeah. And to, like, as someone who likes to to study how, pre- like, the, the art form of preaching, it was just, it was like a master class of that. Yeah, it was.
0: That. I love seeing the diversity. Like you said, all the yeah. communication styles were so different, oh but they gosh, were all yes. just as strong as yes. each other. Yes, and that was just an encouragement because people that you know hear someone like Shylin and they're like, "I don't communicate like that. I'll never be a good Bible teacher." Like you said, Sinclair. I mean, like just as strong, but he's not out there raising <laughs> yes. his voice and well, stuff. Well, and even so. Kevin DeYoung, like, right. is so Academic. intellectual. Yeah. yeah,
2: and and the way that he lays out his sermons are very much so like a logical system that he has like it is just so good absolutely it's so good. all the preaching was just great
0: yeah well we'll dive into our doctrine series this week we're discussing the doctrine of the image of god in man we're going to talk about scripture and the doctrine itself and then how that uh, applies to our everyday lives i think it's appropriate that our secret church that we just did uh, this past week the the theme of it was who am i you know it's all about identity And then we happen to be discussing uh, the doctrine of the image of God and man today. I think that's just really cool the way that worked out. Yeah, this doctrine comes out of uh, the doctrine of creation. Um,
4: You you, kind of look at both of those um, because the the image of God we we discover is uh, imputed to us in creation in Genesis one, let us make man in our image. And so, um, so that's where we get this idea of the image of God. We are image bearers. We are created to be image bearers of our creator to reflect, uh, his, uh, his nature and his character and above all reflect his glory. We are to be reflectors of his glory as we are made in his image. Um, and so our, our theology of the image of God is important. Um, In today's world, in today's broken and sinful and fallen world, we need to really have a good understanding of what it means to be made in the image of God, Um, because our theology about the image of God will either enable or it will cripple our attempts at the great commandment. The great commandment is to love God and to love others. We we say it often here, uh, the great commandment is that we love God by loving others. That is what what one of the physical displays of our love for God is a love and a care for others. And that care and that love for others is going to be driven ultimately by what we believe about the doctrine of the image of God. Um, we are to care for people because they are image bearers, not based on their performance, not based on, on their return on investment, which when we engage in relationships a lot of times in our fallen world in our brokenness and in our sinful nature we engage in relationship with those people that will provide some kind of return for us um and what the doctrine of the image of god says is no we're to care for people regardless of their performance regardless of of uh, our investment or their their return on our investment and, and those kind of things and so we we love we love god and we love others uh because of the image of because of the doctrine of the image of of God.
2: Mm. I think that this doctrine affects more of our life than we give it credit. And the way that it applies to our everyday, which I'm not going to go into that yet, but I think that reading through this chapter was a good reminder of the fact that, man, I really need to think about this more. Like what being made in the image of God means and the area that it affects the main section that really hit me on this chapter was about relationships and how the Christian is made for relationships because God is in perfect relationship with God, the son and God, the Holy spirit right. and being made in that image. Like it just drove me. And it's so funny how all these doctrines kind of intertwine and everything. Yeah. Um, but it just drove me to like ecclesiology, like the, the study of the church and like, the love for the local church was literally like that. The reason why the local church is so important and why we should invest our life in the local church is because of the image of God, because we were made for relationships. We were made to be together as the church. Uh, it was, it was really it was a good reminder. Yeah, and
5: that. when, when we mess up that great commandment uh, thing about loving God and loving others, when we dishonor others, it's a good reminder that we're, dishonoring God right in that yeah. process yeah. it's not just it's not just hatred of your brother or sister it's 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 a hatred of God like it's a sin against God yeah. in those moments and that's yeah. and that's hard for us to convicting reality right, right that's hard for us to get our minds around
4: we don't think in those terms yeah um but I mean the New Testament makes it pretty clear you can't say you love God and hate your brother yeah uh, that 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 condition doesn't exist mm. in reality you might convince yourself that it does but if you're hating your brother, then like you said, Scott, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. You're hating, you're hating God in the process. None of us would ever want to admit that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's why, that's why understanding and visiting and revisiting the doctrine of the image of God is so important because that, that keeps that, it keeps how we treat others in our face. Um, and, and it yeah. forces us to consider how we're, we're treating others in that, in that process. So. Yeah, I, I love the, the idea of community. God existed in perfect. He doesn't need us to enjoy relationship. He was already enjoying relationship before he ever spoke anything into existence. Uh, what I think is really cool not just not just in that we are created for community in the context of the local church, but we are actually created for community with that triune God. He invites yeah. us into mm-hmm. that relationship that has existed for all eternity. Yeah. Now, in, in our perfect nature, Adam and Eve enjoyed the fullness of the blessing of being involved in community with, with the triune God. Um, and now uh, that that community is broken. That fellowship is broken because of sin, but God in his grace gifts us this thing called faith so that we can at least experience glimpses of what that community is like. And then Christ establishes his church so that we could actually experience and live out uh, in a small way, uh, kind of a, a type of, yeah. a sign of that community and that's that's why the local church is yeah. so important because the local church we are individually made in the image of god but the local church is also yeah. an image of god it's yeah. it's what it's designed to yeah. be it doesn't always play itself out that way uh because because we're still broken and fallen people um but but the local church the community that is
2: developed from the local church is also yeah. supposed to be a reflection of the image yeah. of god well and then even in like When the Lord returns, like we will be, like we get the to hold to that hope that we will be in perfect unity with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, like perfect relationship. Again, what was once broken is now redeemed, right, and is put back together and perfect. Yeah, like that's just really, really awesome thought. And here is the thing: I think the world would embrace
4: the idea of 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 God with, with reference to the uh, relationship and relationships yeah. and the, the need. I mean, even nonbelievers think that that people should exist in caring relationships, yeah. that people should treat each other well and people should treat each other nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think where we get the biggest pushback in the in being made in the image of God is, is the morality of the God in whose image we are made that's where the culture that that's where the, the, a lot of the distinctions between the culture of the church are going to come out or, or should come out is, is our God is a, is a moral being. He's a moral God, um, that has created us in his image to be moral individuals. And so, so now in the, in our fallenness, we, everybody gets the morality from somewhere. Yeah. Um, we, as image bearers of, of God who are being conformed back to the image of God in Christ, um, we derive our morality from that and so that's where i think we get a lot of a lot of pushback in this and doctrine
3: i think so too and in in uh, in even as we're looking around at the differences in morality around us those can be reminders of the image of god for us too mm-hmm. because lost people have a, a moral frame of reference because they are made in the image of god yeah, that's right now they've got yeah. now they're not basing it in the right place right but their capacity for that is because they're made in the image of god so let's yeah. let those you know when we're disagreeing with people let even those disagreements be a reminder that this is this is this person was created by god is is loved and cherished by god and, and we we should react accordingly right yeah, yeah, yeah the source so we're
4: going to disagree in the source of our moral foundations right Right. Um, but, but you're exactly right. They, there is a sense, even non-believers carry with them a sense of right and wrong. They just don't know how to defend right. what they believe to be right and what they believe to be wrong because there's no, there's no objective standard by which they can have that yeah. measured. So it becomes very subjective for them, but we still see, um, there, I mean, the reason Hollywood is so popular, the reason movies are so, uh, intriguing and the reason stories are always told, um, uh, is, is it, And enjoyed is because of a sense of right and wrong, justice and injustice, um, everything wrong being made right, good versus evil. All of those things are themes throughout everything we, that entertain us. And the reason is, is because that's, that's integrated into, uh, our original nature and character. The, the doctrine of total depravity, um, says that we are, we are fallen human beings. We are, Hopeless apart from Christ to achieve any kind of relationship with God and, and, and salvation. him. Why? Because they're all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, so total depravity just says that apart from God, we can't experience salvation. It doesn't say that we're as bad as we could possibly be uh, because we're totally depraved, but we still have a sense of morality. We're totally depraved, but we still have a sense of, of what is right and what is wrong. Where does that come from? Like Daniel says, it comes from the image of God that is in us. It is a corrupted image, but there's still a sense of it there. And, uh, and, and, uh, and God through the, the giftedness of his scripture and through his Holy Spirit illumines us to the, to the true source of that which is right and that which is wrong. And so that, that that's where we are. But, but you're right. I think our conversations, uh, would be much more civil if we remember that we are speaking to fellow image bearers, whether we agree with them or not, that that's another issue, but we are speaking to,
2: and we're dealing with fellow image bearers. And the reality for the Christian is we don't have a choice. We have to be that way. Right. We have to be kind because God commands us to. Right. And, and I know that that's not necessarily what it, everyone wants to hear, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. and our heart should be in a place where and, and you know our heart should be in a place where we want to have that kindness and gentleness in a disagreement but more often than not that's not how we respond to people we disagree with right um, and it was it's challenging it's yeah. challenging to, to think about if I fundamentally disagree with somebody that at the base level like I still have to show them kindness and love, and, 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 and respect gentle. in some way. Yeah. yeah. Because we all are made in the image of God. Right.
4: I mean, Jesus says love your enemies. That's probably the hardest thing for any of us to be able to do yeah. is to, to love your enemies. Um because I mean frankly, we have a hard time sometimes showing love to our family, mm-hmm. <laughs> much less to to our enemies. But yeah. but yeah. that and, and so so I get it. But but the reason why Jesus says to love your enemies yeah um is is not because he's 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 putting something out there that he knows we can never achieve he tells us to love our enemies because even our enemies are made in the image of god yeah. now do, do does that mean we dismiss the concept of of uh justice for that which is immoral no we 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 pursue justice the same way the same way god is pursuing justice um but we also we also extend mercy the same way God extends mercy when, when we can. And so I, there's just gotta be a balance in the image of God, the doc, how we believe the image of God and, and the way we reflect the image of God in our lives should speak into how we, mm. how we treat people, how we, how we dialogue with people uh, and, and, and how we, and, and it just reminds me that I need to stay off of Twitter because that's just a dumpster fire of, of the, the, the image of God is lacking. Oh no yeah uh, any social media of Twitter and social yeah. media.
5: I think one of the foundational things of, about this that leads me to of, of love of of brother love of enemy is is recognizing and it's easy to do this for some is recognizing that god's God has stamped every single one of us on this planet with the image of God and it's easy to do that with holding a new and he he points this out holding a newborn baby or uh, the elderly woman walking across the street or a homeless man um or the person on the other side of the screen typing from you. But it's it's harder to remember that and he points this out the thief handcuffed in the courtroom waiting for a sentence. He is stamped with yep. the image of God. And that's an important reminder for us is that all humans have this at the core. That's the core yep. of, of all of it. And how we respond to those situations, you know how we'll get into that and the application of this but everybody being stamped by the image of god it shapes how we respond in in circumstances it shapes how we interact and
2: converse uh from secret church one of the resources they gave out at the end was a podcast that they partnered with the gospel coalition that i would recommend everyone go listen to it's about the church of afghanistan and when um what happened when the Taliban took over and what happened to the church Mm. and the leaders of the church in Afghanistan. It's like an hour long. It's in like story form interview kind of thing is so good. Uh, But one of the things that struck me, and they played a video actually at secret church was as these Taliban were taking over and are persecuting the church in Afghanistan, these church members, not just pastors of the church, but like church members, we're praying that to God every single night mm. that He would save mm. these men who were torturing mm. their brothers and sisters in Christ, and even them. And we're praying that God would save them. Mm. If that's not praying for your enemies, that's not right. loving your enemies. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what is. And that reality was just like, man, we've got it so twisted.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we
2: have it so twisted here in the West.
4: Yeah, i I, I like what um, I like the. F- the words that you use, Skyler, when you talk about being stamped, we are stamped with the image of God on us. And whenever I think about that, and as I was reading through this this um, this chapter that that Trip wrote in in his book on the image of God, th- there's one image that always comes to mind for me, and it actually comes from that uh, that old Disney movie, uh, Toy Story. Uh, because there's a moment there where Buzz Lightyear is struggling with his identity. He's struggling with who he is. He doesn't really know who he is or or where he's come from or what his purpose is. And at one point there is a scene where he looks at the the bottom of his foot and on the bottom of his foot is stamped the name Andy. Um, And and so so that, that reminded him of not just necessarily who he was, but whose he was, he belonged to Andy. (laughs) That'll preach my. And, 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 and so, so when, when God stamps us with his image, it's not just a picture of what we are being moved towards. It's not just a picture of who we are. It's a picture of whose we are. We belong to him. His image is stamped on us. And as many as would receive him to them, he gave the power to become the children of God. And mm. so um stamped on the depths of our soul is is the image. That's why I, I just love that that the verbiage that you use there, Skylar, because it just reminds me of that. And and um and so you can you can you know Google Buzz Lightyear Andy foot
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: and it'll, it'll bring up those images right, that yeah. will, that will show that. And, and you could go back and, and now you'll watch, you go back and watch the movie again. And you'll watch it from a different, different yeah. perspective in that, in that moment. Yeah. Um, because that image, it, 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 to me, that's one of the biggest things too, um, is, is it doesn't just define how we live out the great commandment with regard to how we treat each other. Yeah. It should define how we live out the great commandment with regard to how we treat God, because it reminds us not of who we are, but who's
5: we yeah. are. Y'all help me out here as far as secret church thing goes. But, and Platt made mention of like, if you want to see God's glory on earth, oh said look at, look at the person across from you. Mm-hmm. If you want to see it even more? Look in the mirror. Yeah. Um, and that was, dude, that moment was so strong. Like looking at God's dude. glory on earth because he has stamped us with the yes. image of God.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, dude. Well, he starts out by saying like, we look, what we do, in, in our minds, as we go outside, we look up, we see the stars, and we're just like, God, God you are so glorious. Yeah. And then he then he says this, like, if you want to see it deeper, look at And then look in the mirror. And I was just like, I just start tearing up. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? Like, I never look in the mirror and go, I right. see your handiwork, Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm looking in the mirror, it's like to judge myself. It's <laughs> right. to like... Because when I'm looking at me, I'm not looking on the outward side. Like, I know my deepest thoughts. I know my darkest sins. I know the temptations that I struggle with. And I'm not going, God, I just see your handiwork all in my life to to my utter core. Mm. And that's what he was getting at in that statement. Is like when we look at whose we are and us being stamped in the image of God, we should see God's glory. Mm. And that was just like. It, it broke. That wasn't ready That would be that. a very, yeah. that's I'm a very that.
4: humbling way of looking Gosh. in the mirror. Yes. And it gives a whole new perspective of what James talks about yes. when he talks about a guy that looks in the mirror, yeah. you know, but, but that, on that to me is, is so humbling because I, I would tend to go where, where Paul Tripp goes. If you want to see the evidence and the, the full display of the glory of God, you look to Christ in the gospel mm-hmm. and yeah. ultimately yeah. to Christ on the cross. Yeah. Uh, yeah, be, yeah. Because that's, that's where my default would be. Yeah. But to take it I mean, that's next level. David Platt takes it to the next level yeah, when he talks Platt. about the, the yeah. glory of God.
2: Well, and I think, like, that's even the the underlying thing of Platt's statement is exactly what Paul Tripp is yeah, right. saying is like, because like listen, we're made in the image of God. Like, that just blows my mind. When that happened, when he said that, dude, I literally sat back. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> yep.
0: I think yeah. everyone did that. Yes. Like, we're it's just like was, blown away. Yeah, man. it took my breath away. Gosh. Yeah. I like what Paul Tripp says here. Um, he says, everyone is on a great life-shaping spiritual search. Um, we're, we're spiritual beings. And I think that when you yep. don't know yep. whose you are, when you don't know who uh, whose image you have stamped on you, and you go on the spiritual search for right. meaning and identity and all these things, that's why you have people that suppress the truth of the creator and are seeking They're they're on a journey. They're on a road that never ends where they're never going to find what they're looking for. Even though the world is going to promise like, Oh, you'll find yourself. You'll find your purpose. You'll find your identity in these things. They're all just trail trails that lead to nowhere because you're made in the image of the one triune God and trying to find your identity in anything else.
2: Well, the the lyric, the song lyrics come to my mind. I searched the world, but it couldn't feel me. Right. Right. That is literally when, when we try to make, when we try to put other things to fulfill what only the being made in the image of God can, it leads us to brokenness. Right, every time it leads us to sin, it leads us to the end of ourselves, wondering why didn't this work? Right, yeah. the world told me this was going to work, yeah. and it just doesn't because it's We've, not meant to.
4: We fall into the same the same lie that Eve fell into. Exactly, uh, because what what Eve didn't realize is that the devil was saying, "Hey, do this and you'll be like God." And, and, and really, if you think about it, she already was. And she didn't even... The yeah. devil convinced her that she wasn't. Yeah. And that she, she needed to do something apart from God wow. in order to be like God.
2: Yeah. Jeez. Uh,
4: but she had she had already been made in his image. Mm-hmm.
5: Um, yeah. yeah. I was so, trying to see if you, you had there, the same I've, thing. What, what he was just talking about reminded me of what Tripp said that I highlighted. Just when we try to... Much of human disappointment, yeah, uh, despondency, anger, and hopelessness exist because we ask something something else to do for us what only God can do. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: No, mine's just above that. It <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, talks about, it, about like, we're, we're wired with Godward mm-hmm. uh, capacities. Yeah. So we either worship God or we worship something that God has made, mm-hmm. which, again, like we, we see yeah. that all throughout scripture over and over and over and we're in the same trap
4: that's that's the gist of romans one yeah Yeah. Yeah. yes we like david said we suppress the truth and unrighteousness Mm -hmm. and we end up worshiping the created rather than the creator or we end
5: up going after or pursuing that which is created rather than the one who created it all Uh, i feel like all of these doctrines (laughs) it just it's so it it forms us it shapes us when we understand this so grateful that he, he goes into uh, just application of these things mm-hmm. and, and how it shapes our everyday life. And right. I feel like all of them, I could say like, this is foundational Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And because they, it is, yes, I think they are. And, and so, I mean yeah. like how we, and, and how we, we think about ourselves, but then how we relate to others. Um,
3: yeah. We've all been trying so this much. whole time not to skip to the application because it, it just hits everything. <laughs> it yeah. does. Yeah.
5: And, and yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. When I mean, you look into another person's face and see the face of God. Your behavior toward that person changes. It does, yeah. right? That's just like <laughs> yes. in our culture, man. We do not do this, no, right? And 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 our expectation for unbelievers. I mean, I mean, you say often like we shouldn't expect unbelievers to act like believers. I mean, but as believers, we need to make sure we're getting this right. And yeah. and man, I feel like we we. I fail at this yeah. Yeah, yeah. so often. And I and yeah, as sorry. I read through this, I'm thinking social media, social media, social yeah, media, uh, and a lot of these things, and how it has just increased all of these things. Right. We don't see the people's faces. We don't see so another they're not person's human. face,
0: right. yeah. see the face of God. And it's easy for us. It's twisted that in so yeah. many ways. You're yeah. right. We've seen the way sin in the world plays out. I mean, it leads to things like, Racism, sexism, abortion—all these things. When you dehumanize yep. a person, pornography, when you realize, yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely, yeah.
4: right—the mm-hmm. objectification and mm-hmm. exploitation of, of yep. others, yeah, ba- based on a variety of, of reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it all comes from a, a an ill-defined or a an undefined image of
5: God, yeah. Uh, creative narrative. Yeah. That's this first line when we've lost sight of what it means to live with and relate to one another as persons made in the image of God. Right. That's where a lot of the relational difficulties come from. Well, there, there's so much in our culture
4: today in this, this whole uh, identity fluidity. Uh, I mean, it, people aren't just looking for their purpose anymore. People are looking for their identity. And so they're trying to find their identity in, in things. Um, and, and, and what the doctrine of the image of god does it it brings us back to where our identity is found one of the most important things and we've said this often um and and paul uses this phrase all through his new testament letters one of the most important things that a believer can come to understand is that his identity is in christ we are in christ that is where our identity is we can stop looking for who we are if we are in Christ, we know where we are. We know who we are. That is the soul the sole source of our identity comes uh, from Christ. Um, but even believers have a hard time living this out. And, and we've created a culture that tries to, I tries to place the fundamental attributes of identity in used to be, used to be, um, you know, very generic, very broad. Uh, and I'm, and I, and I, qualified this statement by saying i'm painting with broad brushes i get that but it used to be a while back two three decades ago men found their identity in their work women found their identity in their families and and so that's what everything was defined by the problem is is if you find your identity in anything other than christ if those things get taken away then where does that leave you and 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 so our identity our job is what we do that's not who we are
1: yeah Our
4: our families is who we invest in, but that's not who we are. Uh, Who we are is is who we are in Christ. That is where identity is. That's why you've got you know um, a. you know, teenagers, when their love life breaks down and they have nowhere else, they've, they've, they've developed their identity in a relationship with this person. And now that person is no longer there. Then all of a sudden, what, what did they, they lose hope and and they live life hopeless or they, they move towards suicidal types of thoughts because all of a sudden their identity, their core value is taken away. And, and that can happen if we allow our core value to be defined by anything other than Christ and who we are in Christ. Yeah. And, um, and so, so we are in our highly sexualized culture, everything is now based on sexual identity, yep. not even just sexual orientation yep. and sexual attractiveness, but our sexual identity, our gender identity and mm-hmm. the, the fluidity that now is been enabled in this culture for that to, to be so fluid. It's, uh, it's undefined. Yeah. Um, And and so when your identity is based in something that is undefined, man, where does that leave you? Chaos. Exactly. It is chaos and anarchy, to use those words from earlier. Yeah, Um, it is.
2: It truly is. There's a really strong application towards parents in this chapter Mm -hmm. that was instead of, you know, along the lines of like, teach your children the image of God from an early age. Instead of, you know, you don't... We don't hit our brother because I said for you not to hit your brother. We don't hit our brother because your brother is made in the image of God. And yeah, they're, they may not understand that that those terms at first, but the younger you start teaching your children, like we have value and dignity, not in who we are, not what we look like, uh, not in who we are in the sense of like the, what the culture tells us, right. but who's you are in Christ. Yeah. And it, if it, like to your how do you say that? Theologize, Theologize your Theologize. children at a young age. It's just, it was convicting, and it was like, yeah, gosh, man. Like I, I can just remember the times I've told JJ, like, we don't do this. because Why, Daddy? Because I told you not to do this. Right. I'm your authority. Listen to me. I know what's better for you instead of taking the route of like, listen. And, and there's a side of that that is true, but there's also a deeper side of it that's like, we don't do this because of the dignity that your brother has in being stamped by the image of God. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, I missed it on a lot of occasions, uh, but I, I'm like hopeful for the fact that, man, I, I can't wait for the next opportunity that I'm going to get to be able to say, JJ, let's talk about something a little deeper than just because I said so. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that moment because of this chapter.
5: Yeah. I know that was convicting to me too. Just thinking yeah. in the long run, you know, because that's going to be my tendency. I mean, it's just, mm. for parents, it's, it's just to say, because I, I said to do it, just yeah. go do it. Yeah. The good thing is but, there's lots of opportunities yeah. to do it. So, <laughs> right. You know, like,
1: like, you know, just, right. just yeah. But I thought yeah. that was so Kids strong, are I naturally inclined. three or four since yeah. I read yeah. a chapter
4: on them. Yeah. They're yeah. naturally yeah. inclined to give you plenty of yeah. opportunities to theologize yeah. Yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but just like, how he
5: puts it in perspective here, um, Dan, Daniel, you might have are about to say that. Oh, I was gonna yeah.
3: just one line that he puts in that little section is make sure good theology yes. is the foundation yeah. of their view of life. Yeah, that is so important. Yeah, in for fact, all yes. of, all of these yes. doctrines we're talking about. Like, yeah, like, let's not let's not wait until mm. they're in high school to start trying to. Yeah, they won't make understand. Sure they,
5: understand. Yeah. they won't so understand at first, but they're putting together a view of everything that will shape how they interpret life, make decisions, gosh. and choose to live. Dude, yeah, just giving yeah. them that foundation is. Yeah.
2: One totally. of the things that Brittany and I are trying to do, and I'll let you know in you know 10 years if it works, <laughs> is we're trying to instill in our kids confidence in themselves in a sense of like if someone said, for instance, like something that happened to JJ at school. He's in kindergarten, but someone said they didn't like how his hair looked. And I want JJ to be so confident in himself. Like who cares what they like? Okay, cool. You think that? That's fine. But what this chapter did was remind me where that confidence is rooted in. We want to teach our kids to be confident in themselves, not because, I mean, they're so amazing. Well, I mean, I think they're the greatest on the planet, but not because they're so amazing, but because of the, well, well, because they are amazing, but not in the sense of how we think it is, but because they're amazing because God made them in his image. And like the confidence that I want my children to have is because of whose image that they are made in. Right. And not in their appearance, not in, you know, what they sound like or if they can sing or if they're so smart. And like, because all of these things are ways that our culture tells us is where your value is found. And in reality, it's not. And so this is just so like, this was so encouraging to be reminded of like that confidence isn't a fake confidence. It's not a confidence because you're strong. It's a confidence in our weakness and that we can't fulfill this apart from Christ and that broken image of God, we can be confident that one day we'll be made right. new again. Yeah. So. Other
0: people can tell us who we are. We can tell ourselves who we are, but we're only going to find who we really are when we look to God's word and yeah. see what God says about who we are. Something I wanted to bring up really briefly too that David Platt brought up uh, was brought up this, the, the distinction of humans from other living things, other <laughs> parts of creation, because... Yes, we're made in the image of God, which means we have a soul unlike any other animal or living thing. Um, really quick story in my life. Uh, some of our students were watching uh, an anime show uh, called Sword Art Online. And something uh, significant about that show is they try to push this thing. I was watching. Yeah, I know. Mike's I know. Like I know. That. Yeah, I know. Listen, hear me out. Mike's though. like, what's an anime? You're, you'll understand why I'm bringing this up in a minute because yeah. they push this thing in that show. Uh, the show is all about a video game, and there's artificial intelligence there, and there's a a couple on the show that um kind of like adopts a kid that is an artificial intelligence, a an NPC for whoever knows what that means, and they their whole goal is to bring this child that's not a human being, that's artificial intelligence, into the real world with um not AI but um augmented uh, reality AR to bring it into the real world so that they have this child that has a conscience and has value just like a human into the real world. And they're pushing that. That's like one of their biggest goals. Something David Platt brought out is that this may sound crazy to some people right now, but our kids and our grandkids are going to have to deal with this moral dilemma. Does artificial intelligence have the same value as a human being when we are able to create uh really robots or, or these computerized things that, Appear to have a conscience that appear to have the ability of human language on the level of a human. Are we going? Are they going to have rights? Are we going to need to protect them and all these things? And David Platt was used scripture to affirm like it doesn't matter how, how much it appears that a robot or an artificial intelligence being has a conscience or has a soul. They do not. They are distinct from human beings because they are not made in the image of God. And (laughs) so when we face that dilemma, because people that aren't Christians are going to have a different opinion here, we can say with full confidence, no, they do not have the rights of a human being. No, they are, uh, do not have a conscience like we do. And no, they are not on equal level. As other human beings, so I mean that's Dude, it, that, we don't have to deal with that right now, uh, but that is coming. It I mean, seems it really so far
2: fetched, but so did self driving cars,
0: right? Yeah. But see, that goes back to the doctrine of
4: creation. We talked about those distinctions when we talked about the doctrine of creation. Right. One of the mm-hmm. distinctions is, is that God, there is a difference between God and the rest of creation. Yep. Yep. And then there's a difference between us and the rest of the animal kingdom. Yep. Um, and, and basically what the doctrine of creation reminds us of is that no matter what we create, it will be vastly inferior to yep. anything that God ever created. Yep. Um, yeah. and, and, and at multiple Creation levels. is foundational, that doctrine. So, <laughs> yes. it, well, it it is. Is. well,
2: like you said earlier, like the image of God, right. the doctrine of that flows yeah. out of the doctrine right. of creation. Right. It really
4: does. Yeah. And yeah. So, so, yes, we, we might be able to create something that appears to be human, but only God can form a human. That's yeah. right. Only yep. God can breathe life oh into a human. Gosh, we can is- we, we, we might be able to instill a computer program that looks like life into, into, right. into something, but only God can actually breathe life into a human being. That's right. And so... Uh, so you're right. Those are questions and and ethics that our grandchildren are going to be confronted That's with. That's right. And so it, uh, it might seem
0: different. weird to bring up like an anime show on a podcast yeah. about the doctrine of the image of God and man, but our students are watching exactly. these yes, things, they are. and the the culture is trying to yep. push to them when this comes about when there are these computerized creations. Right no don't believe what the culture says they are not yes. like humans they do not have rights like humans right so. well 30 years ago it was all about sexual identity and sexual
4: attraction and sexual orientation and everybody said no no they're not really pushing any kind of agenda they're not really wanting you know all they want to do is this and all they want is that and and really we've seen where that's gone now it's yeah. it's inundated our culture it's a part of everyday experience right um and, and just uh you know it, it just it just has uh infiltrated every aspect of, of our lives and so so thirty forty years from now, that could be the same. Same could be said for AI and augmented reality. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know if it's thirty years, dude. I think it's yeah. right around the corner. Yeah, it could, man.
4: Be. could be. Could Ooh. be. I think th- I, for me, the, one of the most helpful sections of of the application of the image of God was Paul Tripp's discussion of justice. Yeah. Um, that that really because because that's been a big yes. deal. That's been a big thing, yes, it has. Uh, especially in SBC life. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a, a big deal uh, because. Um, because of the, the the ideas of racial reconciliation uh because of the uh the the role uh or the differences of opinion in the role of women um in not not necessarily family but in church and those kind of things a, a lot of uh, what what trip outlines here i think is 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 what i felt throughout a lot of uh, a lot of the discussions about about justice and 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 unfortunately, the the minute the minute believers begin speaking about uh, the concept of justice, there's a there's a whole camp out there that will want to say that we're we're pushing a false gospel, that we're pushing a social justice gospel, which is no gospel at all, and and that's really not not what we're doing. There is there is this thing called biblical justice. Yeah, I mean, you see justice on display at the cross of yeah. Christ. Yeah. And, and so that as the church, as Christ incarnate in his church, we are, we are because of the image of God in us, uh, called to pursue justice, yeah. um, speak on behalf of image bearers who have no voice for themselves. Yeah. It, and it all comes back to image bearers. Are we going to see people as image bearers of Christ, or are we going to see them as something else, yeah. something less sometimes, something more sometimes? Yeah. Um, but it's not that we automatically group people into two categories of oppressed or oppressor um, or uh, you know, uh, uh, proletariat or bourgeois. You know, we're, we're not sep- – it's not – Not every discussion about justice is a discussion about socialism and Marxism. Yeah, Um,
3: if if we view it that way, that's a lie of Satan. That's right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's right. Now sometimes, sometimes, sometimes those are like that. That is what what they're advocating for. That's correct. But if our assumption is that every every whisper of the word justice is is right, yeah, I mean something evil. That's just that's so backwards. The moment
2: the moment you mention. That someone on the opposing side of even like your political views, right? The moment you mention even just like a, a hint of like, well, maybe we should just show like they're made in the image of God too, mm-hmm. Uh you know. Speaking on race, right. the moment you say that, you right. woke liberal, right? Like that's right. the response, right? And I, I think that that is 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 flowing out of a heart that isn't viewing people as being right. created in the image of God.
4: Well, it's, it's flowing. I I think it's more flowing out of a, a, a heart that has, has politicized everything. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I think we need to be careful with, with that. Um, because, because we have politicized everything and, and it's only getting worse. And unfortunately it's seeped into not even seeped into, it is like, it is like flooded into, um, Church life and, yes. and denominational life and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So much so, you know, that, that if there, if, you know, the, the, there's been this mantra out there, just preach the gospel, just preach it. Yes, we all get the sufficiency of the gospel for salvation. We all get that the gospel is the, is the only thing that will actually change hearts and, and changed hearts is what changes lives and what changes systems and, and all of those other things. Um, but, but I, I love what, what Tripp says here. Um, working for justice for anyone who's experiencing injustice of any kind, racial, political, sexual, etc., is a part of our calling. Scripture doesn't call us to just preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. It calls us to tirelessly preach the gospel while we tirelessly work as God's agents of mercy and justice. Amen. And those are the commands of Christ himself, Amen. not just relegated to the prophet Micah, uh, which we quote often about what does God truly want yep. for us to, to love justice and mercy and, and and those kind of things Jesus himself in in going after the the Pharisees said woe to you scribes and Pharisees you hypocrites for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law justice mercy and faith it's the first one yeah justice Uh, mercy and faithfulness these you ought to have done without neglecting the other so yes we preach the gospel and we center everything about our corporate worship and our individual lives on the gospel of jesus christ but in doing so it is going to move us and motivate us and compel us to fight on behalf of others why because they too are made in the image of god that's how important the doctrine of the image of god is it will drive Everything about the way, again, what we've been saying all along, everything about the way we choose to treat other people. Mm-hmm. Even those who are on maybe the other side of the political aisle from us. Even those who might disagree with us in our, our view or our understanding um, of, of things like critical race theory. Or, or Marxism or socialism or economic theory for that matter, or, or, you know, capitalism versus social, you know, all of those things. We, we can have opinions about those things, but none of those things identify us the way the image of God in us identifies us. Amen. And, and it would be helpful for believers to remember that in conversations that we have, uh, amongst ourselves with those with whom we agree and with those with whom we disagree. Amen. I just thought that that was That's a very, strong. very yes. helpful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Strong. I agree.
3: How about that Spurgeon, Spurgeon quote? Yeah. A church that, is not, that does not exist to reclaim heathenism, to fight to destroy error, to put down falsehood. A church that does not exist to take the side of the poor, to denounce injustice, and to hold up righteousness is a church that has no right to be. <laughs> not for yourself, O oh church, do you exist any more than Christ existed for himself. That's Man right. the last line there. That's God. right. Yeah. Spurs is dabbed on everybody. That's right.
4: And that's what, what we've said often, even in our philosophy of ministry and our philosophy, our, our theology of church, is that we exist for the benefit of those who have yet to believe. I mean, we exist for the benefit of the non-members of yeah. the church. Um, but all too often, you know, um, uh, membership in a church, because something in, becomes something in and of itself that it was never intended to be. Yeah. Uh, it's like the church is here to serve the members, you know, needs, no, the members are here to serve the kingdom, uh, needs yeah. the kingdom mission. So, um, and then he has a, a really good section too, uh, along those same lines, um, in the uh, objectification of, of women. Mm. And, and how we, how we need to be, uh, how we need to understand that in its historical context, but more importantly, how we need to fight against that, yeah. uh, in the here and now and in, yeah. in, in, into the future. Um, he is very complementarian. He understands, I, I agree with Paul Tripp and his, his theology of, of complementarianism where, where there are clearly defined, uh, well, what we would say, what we would think would be clearly defined, um, roles for men and women in the context of family and in, in the context of church. Uh, but, um, but there has been much injustice done towards women with regard to the, what people have believed the Bible has said about those things. The Bible doesn't necessarily really say those things. doesn't say that the woman's place is in the home, Mm -hmm. barefoot and pregnant. Uh, Mm -hmm. the, the, the Bible doesn't go that far. The bottom line is the Bible Tells us all the way back in creation that God created us in His image, yeah. male and female. He created them, so yeah. both are created in the image yeah. of God. Both mm-hmm. are image bearers of, of Christ and yeah. display the fullness of the image of God. Absolutely, uh, in in that. And so we need to respect that when it yeah. comes to the role of women in our homes and the role and the giftedness of of women in the church and yeah. the things that yeah. that they that they can uh, that they can contribute mm-hmm. and have contributed. Throughout centuries of of church life and uh, and theological development,
2: and I think one of even you know, making that even more practical is what is the number one cause for this objectification of women in our culture is pornography. Yeah, and a way to live out the image of God as believers, male and female, is to advocate against pornography. Yeah. Right. Is to fighting against to, that fighting injustice. against it and. Yeah. and you know fighting to get it right. shut down and like destroyed right. and like and so it's it's uh that was reading through that was that's kind of what came to my mind right. is like dang like one way we live this out yeah. to pursue justice in this area is to fight against it and
4: see i think that's why i don't understand the inconsistency in some evangelical thought um in, in today's in today's society maybe in just american you know westernism or you know whatever but but we understand and and I don't know of an evangelical that wouldn't agree with the fact that the church should be fighting against uh, the objectification of women by fighting against pornography, providing ways of of allowing men and women to escape uh, escape that reality that they've created for themselves. Um, we would all agree that we need to fight against the injustice of the murder of the unborn with regard to abortion. So so why is it why does it now become a thing to fight against the injustice of racism and the effects in, mm. uh, of racism in our? Why is that different? from fighting against the, the injustice of uh, that is done to a spouse when the other spouse is committed adultery. What, you know, why, why is that any different? And and again, it's because we've become so political in our thought processes that, um, that we've, we, we've begun to think inconsistently through some of these things. And that's, that's really what gets me in trouble sometimes when I'm, when I'm preaching and as a pastor is, is, is I just, I don't want to necessarily tell people how to think but I, what I want them to do is think more deeply uh, about a biblical worldview in their opinions, and I want their opinions based on a biblical worldview to be consistent, and I and I want our speech that comes from those opinions to be consistent. Um, and and uh, and and so often I see inconsistency in the thought processes and in the speech of believers that uh, that it that that to me has been some of the most frustrating uh, uh, frustrating things for me. Uh, in the advent of the, the 20, 21st century dialogue has been the inconsistency even among evangelicals and believers yeah. when, with regard to, to some of those things. I, I love, I love again, another Spurgeon quote, man. We, we, Daniel and I are going through through a book called Family Discipleship where at the beginning of each chapter they list a bunch of quotes and they always include a Spurgeon quote that, just, <laughs> that just nails you to the wall, man. <laughs> yeah. and, and he says, he quotes Spurgeon here at the bottom of page 256. We cannot say to women, go home. Johnny Mac. (laughs) Man, we cannot say to women, go home. There is nothing for you to do in the service of the Lord. Far from it. We entreat Martha, Mary, Lydia, and Dorcas, and all the elect sisterhood, young and old, rich and poor, to instruct others as God instructs them. Young men and maidens, old men and matrons, yes, and boys and girls who love the Lord should speak well of Jesus and make known his salvation from day to day. Mm. I think that's just an incredible thing. And when when we begin to act in ways that restrict... The ability for for believers in Jesus Christ to fulfill their purpose and their mission in the Great Commission, then we are violating uh, the image of God that is in them. We are we are we are taking a stand against what God has called them to do, and that's a yeah. dangerous place for us to be. Yeah,
2: 1888
5: was that when that quote was? That's oh. what the reference was 1888. It said that in the footnote.
1: Well, we know oh, we wow. did read that quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow,
4: that's true. Yeah, yeah. So what that shows us is that there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Yes. That exactly. we we think we're dealing with these issues, and it's just important to us because we're de- they've been dealing with this stuff all along. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's amazing yeah. when you do go back and you read Spurgeon's sermons. Some of the things that he's preaching against are the same things that we're we're yes. preaching <laughs> a, against today. Exactly. So, and he
5: was such right. a fighter for for justice.
4: He right. was, dude. <laughs> yeah. Because the bottom line is, people are people. Yeah. We've yeah. been mm-hmm. sinful people since Genesis three. Um, there's uh, uh, all of it, uh, and th- I I think that's. I mean, that's why there's such an urgency to the Great Commission, because with every new generation that's born, there's a whole new generation of people that need to embrace faith for themselves. Amen. Uh, there, nobody's getting into the kingdom on the coattails of their grandmother's faith,
1: nope.
4: and so, so the gospel is that. That's why we stress so much next gen ministries, um, and 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 putting the gospel, impressing the gospel into the hearts and minds of of those who are coming up after us, because they're going to need to embrace that gospel for themselves. And and unfortunately, and, and again, it's not new. But but the reality of the fact that we live in a world that is hostile to that gospel uh, makes it even ever more so urgent, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and churches need to be about the business of, of that.
3: By the way, we'll put a link for that family discipleship book in the notes because that, that's an amazing book.
4: Is that in our book table? It has been. It has been. We're actually— and it will be again. Yeah. yeah. Eventually. It, it, it will be again. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really good one. We're going to start, um, gifting that book to parents at baby dedication.
2: Nice. That's
4: awesome. Um, because we've, we've read through that and it's got some exercises and things like that that parents can do to kind of help put a plan together. Um, but even if you don't do any of that and you just take the foundational truths of what the, the book is saying with regard to, um, to the, to the Shema, the Deuteronomy 6 passage that that mm-hmm. talks about loving the Lord, your God with all your heart yeah. and mind and soul and, and strength, and then diligently teaching them to your teaching that truth to your children.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that comes back to this whole image of God discussion here. Yeah. Okay. So, well, again, we could probably talk all day about these things. I mean, there's so, so much depth, so much density and richness to all this stuff, but we'll wrap it up there for now. Cause it's already going for a long time. Any final things, uh, that Anyone feels like they need to say?
5: I just I don't know because again I said it earlier and I know we're going long, but just in this day and age of like digital culture, I do think some of the things that David Platt touched on were super helpful about the digital age. And at the end of Paul Tripp's book, he just touches on for all of us we would do well to remember that behind the social media post is someone who was formed by God to be uh, to bear His likeness. And there were just a, a number of of things when we think about posting or sending and thinking about the digital age that, that I'll just reference a couple. It says just to think and pray before you speak or act, send or post um, to uh, let's see, uh, avoid harsh and hurtful speech. <laughs> when mm. in doubt, don't Yeah, <laughs> avoid coralsome uh, retaliatory and inf- inflammatory speech. Uh, the one that I, that was kind of a hit me over the head. Don't make sure not to neglect other priorities. Um, and some of the questions that he asked there were super helpful. What if God has designed those moments? The natural, anytime we have a moment of pause, anytime, we go to our phones. If we were to sit here for five minutes, we would all go to our phones, most likely. And and just to make sure not to neglect other priorities. What if God has designed those moments for us to simply rest our minds and be present in that moment instead of being preoccupied yeah. on the screen? Dude. Don't let digital or social media replace personal physical interaction. This one, this question, Dude. what if prayer was a more automatic reflex in your life than checking your phone? Yeah. Oof. Like, I want that to be yeah. my Gosh. natural reflex. Yeah. But remembering the digital age, and it's not going away. Yeah, Twitter, Facebook. You know, to be honest with you, I got off Facebook because I just it wasn't helpful. Yeah. I mean, wow. just. But if you are, I'm not saying get off of it. But if you are, be an encouragement to those. If you're a believer, which you probably are, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I don't know why you would be listening. to this. <laughs> Be an encouragement to those. Don't don't give into the quarrelsome talk or. Mm-hmm. Uh, like be the light on that in the social media. Remember that the person on the other side of the screen that typed that, uh, is made in the image of God. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Maybe pretend like
3: there isn't a little angry face that you could click on. Right. Because what
2: good is that to do?
4: Yeah. Yeah. And just for the record, when I check my phone, I'm going to my puzzle page, not social media.
2: (laughs) I've seen your Sudoku, Mike. Yeah,
4: that's right.
0: Well, thanks for joining us for Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian. Uh, Don't forget about the form on our website where you can send questions, pvclc.com slash podcast. Follow or subscribe to us and leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next time. The next one is What's your favorite pizza place in Lake City and the best pizza you've ever had, which could be from Mm -hmm. anywhere? Sabaro, no. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Those local local, uh, places. I felt like this question was meant for you, David. It's a
0: hard question. In Lake City, it used to be. Italian pizzeria, mm-hmm. uh, but now it's Paisanos that has opened up in town. It's yeah, really Paisanos. Good. Yeah, it's
5: really good. That's my it would favorite thing be in like, Between city. Paisanos and Pizza Boy for me. I'm with oh, you, Scott. I like either. Pizza Boy, but Paisanos, Paisanos is probably ah, top. Pizza Boy is good. Pizza Do You boy boy hear that, good. Shelly? Paisanos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Shelly. I got your back, bro. Not pizza. <laughs>
5: Pizza hut. pizza hut? Pizza Hut, is that even an option? No, oh. no it's <laughs>
1: not. That's what I'm trying to tell her. You seem passionate about this. I mean, even, Every
4: time man, we, even if, we were all the, even if the list was only like the fast food pizza places, Pizza Hut would be. That's last. Yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, like
3: Papa John's. No, no, no. Domino's is last. Yeah, uh, Domino's is yeah, last.
5: Is yeah, last. You're yeah, correct. Correct. Domino's but is so bad at pizza pizza They're like, like let's it, do boneless
2: wings now. And let's do a meatball sub. Hey, their
5: commercials are good, but that is trash pizza. That's awful.
1: Yeah.
0: No. Yes, it is. Papa John's is at the top for like. Come on, Where are Locally you guys Italian pizzas, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Man, it's it's really good pizza. It's a real deal.
0: Man, best pizza I've ever had.
2: So the ever had pizza. one is get me. There's two. It's a hard There's two. Easy. We, we had. I had a deep dish in Chicago. Yes, that was incredible. But yes, and Chipley, Florida. <laughs> Hear me out.
1: That's where in I'm going. Chipley, go. Florida.
2: <laughs> you fought it. KC's pizza. <laughs> it's no longer in existence. Burnt down. RIP. Rest
5: in peace. It's got to be raised in New York. So
2: good. Yeah.
5: Oh, New that's yeah. raised pizza. I've never been to to uh, New York. I yeah. would probably because that's uh, that's the type of pizza I would enjoy yeah. is New York style pizza. Now in Miami there was a place called
4: Steve's Pizza that was just like New York pizza. That was in Miami. That was the go to
5: uh, hmm. where where we lived there. Hmm.
2: I did like Spinelli's that we had in Louisville. Yeah, that's good. That was good, but it, it's not yeah, that was favorite, good, but that was good.
5: So
3: best pizza I've ever had was in Naples, Italy. Mm. Oh, I, I have you know, no man. idea what the place go was called. The <laughs> Italian car, the word pizzeria. Was yeah. It, it I bet it was. And yeah. And in fact, we had a lot of pizza when we were in Italy, but good for um, you. All of the pizza. <laughs> oh, in yeah. Italy is better than anything in the States. But if you're gonna go deep dish, Uno's is really good. Deep dish. I'm sure there's like hmm. some, uh, like, you know, authentic Chicago places. Yeah. Better, yeah. But
4: yeah, Judy and I, I, and I were in deep Chicago deep and, uh, And it was during the playoffs and the Cubs were, were playing. And so we went down into the crowd, uh, downtown by Wrigley Field just to, just to be in the crowd. I actually asked a couple of guys about tickets. Um, And it was like the cheapest ticket I could find was I could find two, $500 each. And that was to stand mm-hmm. in the oh, outfield. My goodness. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. So we left just the crowd. that alone though. Right. Like is an amazing experience. Yes. It really because was. That's when it they really won was. the
1: world series. I know. <laughs> and and so it was
4: so cool because I mean, it was really cool. but we left there. Once the game started, we left there and went to a, a Chicago pizza place i forget the name of it. i was it. about to
1: ask if you remember it. but
4: but we we ordered the deep dish because it takes 45 minutes yeah mm-hmm. um and so we ordered the deep dish and we sat there and watched the cubs play That's awesome. and waited That's for awesome. our pizza and when we got wow. the pizza it was well worth the wait yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah so
2: the one i went to was one of the more like famous ones because it had been there for a long time yeah it was i can't but i cannot remember the name of it mm. but that was definitely my favorite i, think. I love a good deep dish yeah Pizza Hut has a good (laughs)
0: deal. Get out. out.
2: out,
5: (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I really don't know what my favorite ever is. So I don't know. Oh, man, this next question. Number four What living environment is most appealing to you? A cottage close to the beach, a log cabin in the woods, a metropolitan apartment with cool, trendy restaurants and shops nearby, an old farmhouse with lots of land. Suburban neighborhood with swimming pools and kids on bikes, or an <laughs> RV with the freedom to travel anywhere. It's
2: a very long question.
0: Very long question.
2: This had this has Tanya written all over it. But yes.
0: give me the city apartment with
5: the restaurants. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, <sighs> that's not me. Absolutely.
5: Even with kids.
2: <clears throat> not, yeah, because I've I think, tried that. It don't. Yeah, it's I, not the I, greatest. For me
4: now, I would. My my dream was always oh, oh, oh. to. Before we ever thought we would leave Miami, my dream was always to get like a condo on, on Brickle, which was right on the water near downtown Miami, and you know, walk and distance to all of that. Mm. Um that that would I, I'm I'm with you there. I, I think Metro apartment with cool trendy restaurants and shops
5: nearby would, would be my, my go to now. Raising kids, I don't I don't think so. That's yeah, yeah, where I would want to like not. live. And but I would enjoy going to some of these other <clears throat> places for like a week or something mm. for a vacation.
2: I, man, I think I'm torn between the farmhouse with lots of land, because I have kids now, and I know that they would just have a blast having a bunch of land. Bunch of land means you could farm, you could yeah, yeah. have buy a bunch animals, of four wheelers, buy four wheelers, stuff like that. Yeah. So that one's the most appealing. Pre kids, though, the RV, Brittany. If if we could have me and Brittany would have gotten an RV and traveled,
0: traveled everywhere. Yeah, but my, now I
2: would say farmhouse with lots of land. That's
0: my choice too. Is the well you had that <laughs> i had that and i left that and, and you're really, gonna have it again someday <laughs> hopefully we'll see yeah but yeah it's honestly it's a, it was a hard adjustment to in lake city's not a big city at all but just having Metropolis. people every i mean like yeah. neighbors so close and being like five minutes Man. from again it's not a huge town but near all the stuff the cool restaurants yeah like taco bell <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Waffle absolutely House. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, both of those i'm like yes i just uh i miss
0: being able to just like shoot guns and do whatever i want without disturbing anyone because there's no one to be disturbed nearby like see ideally i would like to live in the metropolitan apartment with cool trendy restaurants and shops
4: nearby but i'd like to own land that was within driving distance yes, where i could yeah. go and, yes and, that's where i was going with that, and,
3: yeah a logging in part. the cab woods I, I'm, I'm good with the woods
4: not not so good on a log cabin though i don't don't. Did you just say a login <laughs> in the cab
0: woods? <laughs> a login log in the, the cab, in. cab I got in. a lot of espresso going
2: through me right now. I had a cortada and a cold bird before I got here. I'm just oh going my a little gosh. crazy right now. That's fine. I wouldn't mind a log cabin in the woods, yeah. but not to live in. I, yeah. Not to live yeah. in. I,
4: I kinda like maybe maybe in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. If you change that to mountains, I do and, and I'm I think um, you know, there was a time when you know, I was always the metro apartment with cool, trendy restaurants. Judy would have been the cottage close to the beach, you know, just get a beach house somewhere. Um, but I'm not sure if
0: that's changed a little bit with her <clears throat> either. She she kind of likes the mountains, too. So. I'm curious what Brittany mm-hmm.
2: would say. Yeah.
0: The last question is a troll question. Whoever submitted this is a troll. Classic Tonya. If Mike is always right and Daniel is always right, what happens when they disagree? We'll let you know when it happens. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Do you
2: know the the term Pandora's box?
1: <laughs>
2: if Mike and Daniel agree, something is something is wrong you mean, in the universe. Disagree. Disagree. Like, yeah, yeah. Disagree. Something is wrong in the universe. <laughs> A- another word that comes to mind. Chaos. Maybe even anarchy <laughs> comes to mind. Wow, something is, wow. is is seriously cool. wrong. In the world. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe even, you know, let's get biblical. If they disagree, like Sodom and Gomorrah level <laughs> chaos in the world. You
1: put, mean,
3: you put a lot of thought into
2: this question, I've been thinking Mike about this wrong. for a while, guys.
3: <laughs> Say that yeah. again, Daniel. So obviously, if it happens, Mike is wrong.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Good luck trying to get me to admit that, though.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. Skylar, you had a plot twist, didn't you, earlier?
5: Oh, I think the plot twist is I don't think they're right all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But if we're wrong, we're wrong together.
2: (laughs) 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 that's That's a good one. That's a good one.